From Jerusalem, Israel, this is From the Midwest to the Middle East, the podcast that explores everything new in U.S. and Israeli economy. Here's your host, Philip Stein. I'm really pleased to be having this podcast today. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Philip Stein and Associates, the largest U.S. CPA firm in Israel, providing U.S. tax services to Israelis, Americans, corporations, startups, and anyone else needing them. Hi, I'm very excited today to have a guest, a guest who actually is not uh, in the same country as I am, but uh, on a continent right next to me in Africa. My guest today is Amin Ayoub. He is the managing director of KKB Partners, which is a Morocco-based consultancy in business development and market intelligence that works with companies who are trying to get into the Moroccan and African markets. He spoke recently in Israel about business opportunities in Morocco and has much experience in business development, healthcare, and other sectors in the Moroccan economy. Hi, Amin. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Okay, so Amin, I'm going to start with my first question. Africa has been called the quote-unquote dark continent, but I, but, but I believe that refers to what is known as sub-Sahara. As a resident of Morocco, how connected is Morocco to the rest of Africa and all of the opportunities we read about as of late? Well, uh, Morocco, as you probably know, was colonized by France, so uh, Actually, the countries that we're connected with in sub-Saharan Africa are mostly the French-speaking countries, and uh, we're very connected. Actually, Morocco has, uh, uh, is uh, considered, uh, considered as a hub for uh, many countries, uh, including Senegal, Ivory Coast, Ghana, and we also have many flights, direct flights from Morocco to those countries. Other than that, we have uh, very good uh, trade relations with uh, those countries, and uh, I emphasize it's only mostly the... French-speaking ones. Also, there is a connection. Uh, long, we have uh, good relationships with uh, many, many other countries in Africa. There are many opportunities in Africa right now, but uh, Africa has been forgotten for too many years because of the conflicts. Uh, it's known by conflicts, and investors are actually uh, they don't want to consider it as a as a good place uh, for investment. But uh, things uh, have been changing lately. And and do you find that the the French-speaking, these French-speaking African countries, which, of course, Morocco is also one of the French-speaking countries, uh, that there's a lot of opportunities in those French-speaking countries? Yeah, there are a lot of opportunities, especially in, uh, in mining, uh, healthcare, retail. Are the countries less affected by the downturn in oil? They're like countries that the basic things. I, I'll give you an example. Most of the Morocco is very advanced when it comes to electrification. Mm-hmm. Most of Morocco is, is on the grid, like 99%. Wow. In the other countries, uh, African countries, the average electrification rate is uh, around uh, maybe less than 30%. Mm-hmm. So 70% of the people don't have electricity. So that's where the opportunities come. So Morocco, because of uh, its, its con- French connection, if you remember that movie, yeah. seems to be a very good gateway uh, for people who want to enter into that market. Yeah. Let me ask you about yourself for a moment. Uh, I see your personal journey has taken you from a, a Muslim country to study in a Catholic school in America. Uh, how difficult was that transition, and how did you manage living and learning in such a different culture? Well, uh, Morocco is a, 
I mean, even though we're mostly Muslims here, we've been having uh, we're a multicultural place. Uh, we have uh, many. Uh, I mean, we speak French, Arabic. Some of us speak Spanish in North. It wasn't very difficult to go to another country. The only thing that was uh, a bit different is uh, going to a Catholic school. Most people, most Muslims, would think it would be a sin to go for uh, for Muslims to go to a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a good experience. Educationally, Catholic schools. High schools, uh, colleges, universities have a good reputation academic. Yeah, yeah, it was actually it was a high school uh, in Minnesota. Also, a very different climate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I don't know if uh, I mentioned uh, my article at uh, the Jerusalem Post. I wrote an article about uh, about my my journey and how I actually uh, have managed to meet a Jewish family during my year at uh, the at the Catholic school because uh, that's how actually it was the first time I had the chance to meet in person with the Jewish family. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. And have you have you stayed in touch with that family? I have uh, many Jewish friends in the U.S. now. Uh huh. All right. So tell me about your current business and the opportunities that you can offer Israeli and other business people living outside of Morocco. I'm uh, actually managing uh, KKB Partners, which is a business development and market intelligence firm here, and uh, we actually uh, work with companies who are trying to get into the Moroccan and the African markets, especially the Moroccan markets. Been dealing with some. Uh, when I came uh, to Jerusalem, I gave a speech at uh, where uh, there were around like 40 or 50 companies who were interested in the in the market, especially in healthcare and agricultural products. Uh, the Israeli companies that I, I did a tour of Israel. I actually went uh, from Jerusalem to Haifa. I took part in a workshop with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Mashav, which was a 21 days uh, workshop about a business innovation. And uh, I've met many business people and uh, startups. It was a great chance to meet all these people. Uh, most of them were interested into expanding to the other side of the market. Uh, and they were interested in Morocco, Africa. The other complicated thing is the diplomatic relationship. Yeah. We don't have an embassy here. Morocco doesn't have an embassy in Israel. Mm-hmm. But still, there is, uh, I think last year, trade volume was around, I think, $30 million. Wow. Imagine if we had... Embassies. There is trade, especially in agricultural products, uh, when it comes to uh, greenhouses, uh, agricultural uh, chemical products. Uh, I'm not sure about the medical field. Uh, we, we we briefly spoke about uh, a new law that's coming up uh, in the parliament. It wasn't approved yet. Apparently, to have a clinic in Morocco, you need to be a doctor. Uh, to be one of the capital holders of the company of the of the clinic. Right. But right now they're actually going to be opening this up for uh, foreign, inve- I mean, for investors in general, not just foreign. So as an investor, you can have a, a clinic. So that may be a good opportunity for uh, Israeli investors uh, who actually showed uh, great interest in this. Also, uh, opportunities in agriculture. Uh, uh, Morocco, uh, the government actually has a program that's called uh, Plan Maroc Vert in French, which is a green, uh, green uh, Morocco plan, which actually subsidizes a lot of products, like uh, especially for small farmers. Mm-hmm. So if they get a greenhouse and stuff, uh, they may get a, a, a refund up to 70% or 60% of the, of the investment 
from the government. Uh, it's a very big program. It's not just greenhouses, it's everything. And I saw a lot of innovation in uh, Israeli products, products that are not uh, available in the European or Chinese market, for example. You see a lot of innovation. So, uh, Mor the Moroccan market is open to innovation and quality products and uh, good pricing. That's what I saw in the Israeli products. Well, they, they, you know, this this is the startup nation, and this is known for their in innovation. Just uh, before I go on, how, how big a market, how big a uh, country is Morocco for my listeners? Uh, Morocco is 36, uh, around 36 million uh, people. Uh, most of them are. Uh, you know, Casablanca is a big uh, industrial city. So, they, so they're they're in need of services. They're in need of goods. They're in need of uh, innovative yes. innovative uh, product. Yeah, there is there is there is a great need. But uh, our trade partners have been uh, have been uh, historically Europe, especially Spain and France. Yes. Business is business. I mean, if people find something innovative and good products and stuff, they use it. It's not about uh, where it's from. I mean. Uh, I know as a, as, a, as a Moroccan for a fact that uh, Moroccans have been using Chinese products, for late, uh, but lately, they actually, when you tell somebody, oh, this, this is made in China, they just don't buy it anymore, hmm. because it, it's known for low quality, even if it's cheap. So uh, people are looking for a good quality product, and it, Morocco is a good market for it. All right, so just let me go back to this question about the uh, privatization of medical clinics, or the, the remark you made. Um, in other words, this is is this going to happen very soon? Yeah, actually, the law is uh, has been drafted. Uh, it's just a question of politics. It's maybe passed next year or the year after. There are investors right now who are actually in the building phase. I know for a fact that there's some uh, investors from the Middle East actually just uh, built a medical city, a small medical city in America with hotels. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, well, it, it's interesting. You know, in, in in the United States, in North America, there is there is some form of uh, medical tourism. Uh, people actually go to Mexico for yeah, procedures, yeah. dental. Uh, it's it's a lot cheaper, and probably you would tell me that in in uh, someone can get on a, a flight from Marseille or or you know very close and be in Morocco in a very short time. Yeah, it's actually the flights are around fifty dollars or sometimes even less. Wow. So it's a good opportunity for medical tourism, especially when it comes to aesthetic. Uh, you know uh, the procedures in Europe and the U.S. are very expensive. Yes. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good opportunity because we're close to Europe. We're in the middle of everywhere, so uh, it's a good opportunity for medical tourism. Okay, as you, as you know, the, the Jewish community has uh, deep roots in Morocco. Do you find Moroccan Jews are looking for ways to return to those roots and, and do business in Morocco? Yeah, I met many actually when I was walking around Israel. Uh, many actually spoke Moroccan with me. And it was actually, because it was my first time there, it was just like, wow. Uh, and I met a lot of people who actually wanted to, uh, even though they had deep roots, a lot of people, especially third or fourth generation, uh, some of them, uh, even though they're interested, they're a bit scared so, uh, of coming back and coming to Morocco to invest. They need more information probably. But I haven't met, I, I actually met, uh, you, you heard about this thing called, a uh, company called uh, Bio, I think Biogas. Okay. It's a, it's, it's a startup. And the guy I was speaking to him, he was uh, he was actually both his parents were born in Morocco. 
<laughs> and he was like, wow, that's uh, great that you're here. And we went to see his, uh, it's called Home Biogas. It's a small machine that you actually put the trash in and you get uh, gas from it. Wow, amazing. And he was very interested in the African markets for this. All right, well, these, these seem to be just uh, natural opportunities, and, and it, it seems to me uh, culturally uh, there's less of a gap in, in light of the, the, the proximity, the, the, the history, the, the common roots. You said, you know, you mentioned a moment ago about people being scared, but have you been personally affected by the what I call the political turbulence in the Middle East since the Arab Spring? No, actually... Uh... Because uh, under the leadership of our king, uh, Mohammed VI, and uh, his late father, Hassan II, uh, things have been uh, very, because uh, uh, we call it the Moroccan exception, things have been very secure. Mm -hmm. And uh, mostly because of the of the Islam that we have here. Uh, we don't have radical Islam. We're more uh, multicultural, multi, uh, we're more open-minded. Interesting. Well, that's... I think that's what we all this region needs, yeah. um, more people like that. What's the best advice you can give someone who would like to do business in Morocco? Well, uh, as I said to my uh, other uh, the people I met in Jerusalem, the, the investors, potential investors, uh, actually there was a guy who came who was, uh, I think he did something here in, uh, close to Casablanca, and he, he, he gave a brief speech about his experience. Uh, although he had uh, only an Israeli passport, sometimes it's, it's not hard when you have, uh, it, it helps when you have another passport other than the Israeli passport because of the, of the diplomatic issue. But uh, I mean, the best advice I would give to people is uh, just to, to, to do a good market study. And uh, Moroccan market is like any other market, just to, be, to do a good market study about the products or service they're trying to do. The best advice I would give, because the business cycle here sometimes is not, uh, it's, it's kind of different. There are ups and downs during the year. So it would be great to uh, actually look for other markets from Morocco. Use Morocco as a hub. Mm -hmm. Maybe for African uh, countries or from Southern European countries. Because we have good relations with uh, many European countries. Close, we're close, distance and too many African countries too. So they may even use Morocco as a hub for their business. It's interesting. Using Morocco as a hub, I, I know you're a businessman, and my business is the taxes. Are there favorable taxes for businesses that would want to use Morocco as a hub? Yeah, we actually have uh, free zones, uh, especially in uh, some... Uh, we have like uh, free zones where you don't actually pay taxes. Oh, wow. Uh, in Tangiers which is close to Spain. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of incentives, too. Uh, the, the government gives a lot of incentives for new investors, uh, including tax, especially there are programs like when you start an investment program, like for the f first five years, you don't pay your you don't pay your taxes. You don't pay your company taxes. All right. So let me let me end on a, on a lighter note. Uh, you're a busy man. You're traveling around. Uh, uh, certainly around the Middle East, but uh, with all your plans, responsibilities, what, what what does one do for fun in Morocco? There are a lot of things to see in Morocco. Morocco is a great country. You can actually go from the beach to the mountains in two hours driving. Uh -huh. Simil similar to Israel. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Then we're close to, to Europe, so living in, uh, in, uh, in Morocco, you can actually catch a plane to Spain uh, for a couple hours, and it's actually wow. very cheap. All right, so you're, you're, you're a good spokesman, you're a good salesman. I think my listeners have learned a lot just uh, listening to you, and, and you're, you're really in the neighborhood, as they say. All right. 
Um, Thank you, Phil. So if someone if someone wants to contact you, how how can they find you? I'm very active on Facebook, as I said. I mean Ayub, A M I N E A Y O U B, or uh, my email uh, kkbpartners uh, at uh, gmail.com. Okay, so I uh, invite my listeners to reach out to you if they have ideas and. Uh, sounds to me that you can be very, very helpful, and I really appreciate the time you took today to, to share this with my listeners. All right. Thank you, Phil. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.pstein.com or look for Philip Stein & Associates on Facebook and LinkedIn. 